Welcome to Citron Cooperman's Taxes in 10 podcast. I would now like to introduce our tax practice leader, Joe Bublé. Good day, everyone. Uh, welcome to Citron Cooperman's Taxes in 10 podcast. My name is Joe Bublé. I'm a tax partner in the New York City office and the firm's tax practice leader. Today, we're going to be talking about ESOPs, employer stock ownership plans. And to do that, we have as our guest, Howard Klein. Howard is the tax partner in our White Plains office, and Howard is also in charge of the firm's trust and estate tax practice. So Howard, welcome. Uh, hi, Joe, thanks for having me. Sure, our pleasure and thank you for uh, joining us today. So let's start out, Howard, with some basics. Just what is an ESOP? So an ESOP, as you mentioned, is an employee employer stock ownership plan. It's a qualified defined contribution employee benefit plan, very similar to other profit sharing types plans, except what makes it unique is that this plan invests primarily in the stock of the employer. Um, practically, however, it's a tax advantage way to sell all or a portion of your business. Okay, so, so just how does a ESOP work very briefly? How do you set it up? Um, the business owner sells their stock um, for cash or a combination of cash and promissory notes. So there needs to be some financial uh, uh, testing here to a newly created employee stock ownership trust. So the company establishes a uh, defined contribution plan um, and the business owner or owners, shareholders, um, sell all or a portion of their stock to the employee stock ownership plan, which is a tax advantage, tax-free uh, entity. Okay, so when you're selling the business to the ESOP, how do you determine what the price is? Well, that's always, like with anything in, 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 uh, in these types of situations, that's always the, the, the million dollar or more question. Um, in terms of valuations, the company has to have a, a, a valuation done. Um, it must be done by a qualified valuation individual or company. Um, they come up with a valuation no different than if our clients were gifting or God forbid they've, they've passed away uh, or if they're trying to sell to a third party. Uh, in this case, however, it's an inside sale because you're selling to your, your employees. So it's very important for that individual to be independent. And once evaluation is determined, um, there, the actual selling price is negotiated between the selling shareholder and a person who's called an ESOP trustee. So the plan, like all other plans, uh, defined uh, contribution plans or deferred plans, have a, have a trustee named or trustees, and they're in charge of the ESOP and their primary responsibilities to the plan participants. So that price is then negotiated between the selling shareholders and the trustee on behalf of the participants in the ESOP. Okay, all right. And so that, that uh, trustee is a check on the valuation to make sure that the ESOP is not overpaying for the business. That's right. Or underpaying, that's correct. Yeah, making a fair price. Okay, right. so, so now we have the ESOP set up, uh, ESOP set up, we have the sale to it. So what are some of the benefits as to why someone would do an ESOP? Good question. Um, so first of all, as I mentioned, it creates a known buyer. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, you don't have to go out to a third party, private equity, uh, synergistic buyer. <clears throat> You're selling for a, a price, again, all or part of your business uh, to, your employees, to your employees, in effect, through this trust. Um, by doing that transaction, the theory being is that you're freeing up the owner's capital. Money that was tied up in the business is now um, uh, monetized, and now the individual shareholders have an opportunity to take money off the table, I call it, 
um, and invest in other types of investments to, in effect, spread out their asset allocation, et cetera. Um, the ESOP is also a tremendous um, tax savings mechanism. There's tax benefits for the company through various deductions, legal valuations, accounting, uh, those types of things, um, as well as there are contributions that the company makes to the plan, very similar to two other plans. Um, if, if the ESOP owns 100% of the company, then all profits, because an ESOP could either be a C or an S corp, are tax-free. And then um, <clears throat> some other key benefits are the ownership or the board uh, can maintain operational control. It could promote ownership culture amongst the employees, which should help to attract and retain talent. And then finally, and I, I think we may go into this a little deeper in a few moments, um, there is a provision in the tax code that when the share, selling shareholders sell their stock and they have a capital gain usually, there is a mechanism whereby each individual shareholder can uh, make, it, make an election and it's at the shareholder level and not all shareholders have to make this election to defer and potentially even avoid income taxes by electing what's called section 1042. Um, in this way, and then I don't know how much time will allow, um, but it's similar to a 1031 transaction uh, whereby you're taking profits that you normally pay tax on and investing it in certain qualified replacement property that would allow the shareholder to not pay taxes. It's a, it's a complicated transaction, a complicated election with a lot of individual specific issues, which I don't think time would allow. Um, uh, but uh, it's, it's, it's a very, very interesting part of this and it's unique to um, you know, many of the, the capital gains rules. And it's something that uh, Congress right now and the president of the administration, no one seems to be in their, in their attempt to change a lot of the tax structure. They're not, they wanna encourage ESOPs and they wanna encourage uh, section 1042. I haven't heard one thing that talked about uh, you know, going against this and changing these rules. So, oh, so there are tax attributes as well as uh, intangible attributes. Oh, that, that's good, Howard. Yeah, I haven't heard anything either. So now let's just, I know we're, uh, we're running short on time, but why don't you just tell us why would now be a good time to consider using an ESOP? Well, right now there's you know a lot of talk in, in Congress, the administration, they're trying to work out what, um, uh, what could potential tax changes be. Uh, there's been a, a significant conversation surrounding capital gains taxes, increasing the rate. Some, some speculation is as high as 25% from the current 20%. Some, some things we've read talked about potentially treating it as ordinary income. We don't know where they're gonna go. So when you can combine a, a transaction which has a capital gain, and then through the use of section 1042, enable the taxpayer to defer the tax um, until that qualified replacement property may be sold later, or if they never sell it and pass away with it, um, they could get a step up in basis unless those rules are changed. So, so it's a way of, of, of taking money off the table, creating some value for your, for, your, uh, uh, for your employees. Talent is hard to find now. This can attract them, keep them. Um, and the individual shareholders can uh, potentially you know, defer taxes out into the future until they get rid of whatever property they, they put these dollars into, you know, similar to a 1031. So uh, there's been more conversations about ESOP uh, throughout my entire career over the last maybe six to eight months and I've seen over the last few years, there seems to be a lot of conversation about it. Um, not every company is good for one, um, but there's a lot of conversations. And now this is a great time to at least consider it. 
Okay, and how it maybe just said maybe one or two uh, items of um, some you know major misconceptions of why sure. somebody has about an, an ESOP. Sure. So, so the first the first one the first big misconception is that when when people sell all or part of their company to their employees, they think their employees are now going to run the company. That's not true. As I mentioned, it's through this trust, and you have the tr you have a trustee. Um, some people think their company is not the right type. That may be true. Um, there's some feasibility studies that get done to see if, before you even undertake it, whether the client is actually uh, one that makes sense for. You don't have to sell all of your company. You can sell a minimum of 30% up to 100%. Your employees don't need to have the money to buy the company. This, this uh, uh, an ESOP is the only plan allowed in the code that can actually have debt. You're not going to lose control of your company. Your employees will not have access to financial information. Your employees won't be voting their stock. Um, and so there are a lot of financial tax um, and employee business uh, benefits to this. But the biggest misconceptions are that your employees are going to be, you know, sitting in the boardroom discussing, you know, company policy and uh, uh, with the with the with the management team. And that's just not that's just not accurate. Okay, well, this is this is great, Howard. Uh, great summary on ESOPs and why people should be looking at it, especially with the potential tax law changes. So Howard, thank you. Uh, we appreciate you coming in. And uh, to uh, our audience, please be on the lookout for other Taxes in 10 podcasts on a variety of topics. And I hope everyone is uh, staying safe and carrying on. Have a good day. Thank you.